Hi, everyone. This is Aisha and Julia. Welcome to Meet Me at the Bookstore, a podcast dedicated to all things bookish. Hello. Right. Hello. Getting back to the groove of things. Yeah. Second episode. Very excited for this one. I know. We say it every single time. <laughs> but I'm questioning really if we really are excited or not. <laughs> but I really am because we're going to be talking about mysteries um, with a focus on murder mystery and crime thrillers. And honestly, mystery is one of my secretly most favorite genres, I think. I, I read a lot of mystery. I mean, I can't argue with that. I think, it, as we'll talk about later in this episode, they are just very alluring. And there's so many different types of mysteries, too, that satisfy different you know, things that you want from a book, which is so fun. I think it's such a diverse genre. And so you can just take so much from it. And there's just always something new and fun to read about when it comes to mysteries. Nodding my head. But yeah, we're going to, as Julie said, we're going to talk about mysteries. We both enjoy good mystery. So in this episode, we're just going to share some of our favorite ones. It's obviously going to range from Agatha Christie, because how could one not include her, to some more modern reads. And then we'll try and share a bit on why is there such a fascination with mysteries or murder mysteries <laughs> to be specific. But as always, we shall share our current reads. Yes. As I kind of alluded to in the last episode, I have started An Ember in the Ashes by Saba Tahir. And it's, uh, I mean, you've heard Aisha talk about it when she was reading it, but it's a YA fantasy and I am really enjoying it so far. I'm, of course, just on the first book, but super fun. It's definitely very violent, I, I, I guess I would say. Would you agree? I would. Basically, the empire that they live under is like very strict and very it's very violent and all it's very ruthless and the the people who are enslaved under their rule live very um it's a very harsh existence and then the people in charge are very violent and that's their society but so it's like it's interesting to read about but it's definitely a book that like as I've been reading I'm like oh my God, like sometimes I'm scared to turn the page. I'm like, oh, what's going to happen? Or, oh, don't do this. You're going to get in trouble. You know, like that kind of thing, which is kind of fun in a way. Yeah, so I'm really enjoying it so far and I'm excited to keep on reading. I feel like I have such a smug look on my face. Yeah, you do, you do. Managed to convince a friend to read this. (laughs) So I'm still reading From Fury Reborn by Frances Ellen. Uh, Managed to get some time this weekend to catch up on reading. And I think after reading her three novellas, I'm so used to shorter stories that reading Ooh. this, it's a lot longer. I'm like, oh, wait, I wasn't prepared. I think I just hit 50% last night. I mean, I, it's a good thing that's like, there's so much more to the story that's unraveling. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I'm excited for that. Um, but if you've been listening to us from the beginning, you know that I like to read two books at a time, one fantasy, one not. And so I'm trying to get back into adding a second book in. And so maybe tonight I will start reading my non-fantasy book, which would be Rodham, basically meant to be an alternative take for history. If Hillary Clinton did not become a Clinton and AKA did not marry Bill Clinton and instead chose to pursue her own political aspirations. So I'm excited to see where this author takes, you know, yeah, no, it's really takes that story. 
excited to hear what what you think about it once you start yeah it doesn't have the greatest ratings like i think it's pretty average but you know i think it's still interesting i I think it's interesting you know i think you were saying this with the amelia earhart story last episode that retellings can actually be quite i don't know it's just nice to have an alternative perspective you can get inside their head in a way that you never really thought of mm-hmm. before and it brings a whole nother perspective which, which is so interesting but yeah exactly that's super fun hopefully we start that tonight if not tomorrow you know it's actually interesting i i feel like i usually talk about one book at a time and i usually the thing is i i do read multiple books but i don't read them properly like you like i'll have two books started and then i'll just focus on one and then I'll finish the other so it's like it's not truly reading two books the way you do I just would forget quite honestly what was happening but Uh, that has that has happened at times where it's like I'm reading two or start them at the same time but one just got so exciting that I'm very slow with the other one yeah and that well that's the thing with nonfiction. I'm just so slow so I recently have started a book it's a Deepak Chopra book the spontaneous fulfillment of desire I believe it's called it's so interesting I don't know why I'm mentioning it I'll probably wait to talk more about it but all I can say is that I really really like it and I'm super excited to continue reading the book and another thing I want to mention is that they're both on my kindle and one thing I'm really enjoying lately is reading in the dark with candles and so it's just like really vibey and I'm on my bed I can look out into the little courtyard I'm outside and it's just it's just so cute and cozy and I'm obsessed <laughs> should we dive in to yes. the meat of the topic let's do it all right <laughs> mysteries so I guess how how do we define it when you say we let's just our own bubble, the two of yeah, us. Because you know what? There's a lot of definitions out there. There's a lot yeah. going on, I, which I didn't realize before doing this, but there's a lot going on in the mystery genres. So the way I would define mysteries or what the books we're going to focus on really for this episode are more so murder mysteries or crime thrillers or just thrillers in general, yeah. Yeah. Um, where, as Julie said, a murder may happen. Um, or it's happened, but it's affecting the story in some way. Yeah. Um, and I will make it cl- more clear when, when we go into the actual books that we like, mm-hmm. etc. But yeah, thriller, crime thriller, murder mystery, that's what we're talking about here today. Oftentimes very similar and a lot of similar vibes, you could say, which is why we're lumping yeah. it in together. I kind of wanted to mention what makes a good mystery or murder or murder mystery thriller. And because, you know, I love them so much, I was trying to think what makes a really good one. And for me, it's really that sense of atmosphere that a book can create. Whenever I read an Agatha Christie, especially some of her closed door murders, which are some of my favorite types, you feel like you're in the house with them. You're surrounded by people who may or may not have committed a murder and raining outside. It's English countryside. It's just such a great atmosphere. You can really feel it. And I think that's one of my favorite parts. I can just pretend I'm really somewhere else in a countryside estate, you know? I'll go into this more later in the episode, but I will bring up a note now, what you were describing in terms of the atmosphere. I think what it comes down to when you talk about why we like it is the storytelling, mm-hmm. right? The reason why I, I'm going to just assume the reason why you like the atmosphere and the vibes is because the author has done such a good job with providing such good storytelling that you feel like you're there 
And I think that's probably the main part of why there's such an attraction to it. Mm -hmm. It just, yeah, such a great story. I mean, and that's when you have one that's done really well, right? And Mm -hmm. that's what makes a good mystery so great. So yeah, great storytelling, of course. And that's the thing. You can't just have this crazy murder that came out of nowhere and then you just lose the plot. You have to, you really have to follow through. You have to have, I mean, interesting characters, for example. You have to have a really solid hook in the beginning and you have to be able to carry on the plot without making it too convoluted. Because that's, that's not too easy as well. That's true. Yeah, you can't make it too obvious or you have to like be able to hide it somewhere. So I feel like there's a lot that goes into writing a murder mystery. And I've always thought, you know, I don't know. I actually, <laughs> I don't know if my brain just doesn't work like this, but I always wonder how authors can create murder mysteries because I'm like, how could, I would never think of this, especially like in a whodunit. I'm like, I don't know who did it. <laughs> I I don't um, know. How do you know? I think, I think I'm pretty good with my years of crime fiction reading tv shows movies that i am guys i really should just become an fbi agent like truly (laughs) or a murderer (laughs) okay (laughs) okay to the fbi agent who's probably watching me through my camera she is joking i'm joking i winked but (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I, so you were saying what define makes a good one. You were saying the storytelling, atmosphere, good characters. Um, I agree with you on all those points. Yeah, um, and I like what you said about it not being too predictable because that's that's the thing you have to you, you want to be like flipping the pages, being like who did it, who did it, who did it, and then the best is when you get to that one line or that one page where you finally figure it out and you get chills, that's when you know. When I read it or watch crime fiction, and I'm just like, it's never the most obvious person. Because I think authors realize or writers realize, well, that's too predictable. I don't want that. But I do like guessing, guessing who it could be. And then even if I happen to figure out before the reveal, there's such a satisfaction of just knowing I was right. (laughs) I mean, even if I didn't get it, get it right. I'm still like, what? Like, that's so cool. Like, let me think through my brain of were there hints along yeah, the way? Yeah, like all the red herrings. But yeah. like, it's also still satisfying if I predicted it correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I know it's like when you're reading, there's like a clue or a red herring that seems a little, you're like, oh, why did they mention this? It must be for a reason. I'll, I'll remember that. Yeah, that's always fun. But you know what I realized? Going back to the interesting characters, I think that I also love mysteries just for the characters sometimes. For example, a good detective really has my heart. So in Agatha Christie, Kiel Poirot is such a great character. I think he's such a hilarious person. And I just love reading about all his quirks and his attitude. And he really, really makes the book for me. He, he's such a big part of the books. And similar to and I'll get into this a little more later, but Sherlock Holmes, I've always thought was such a hilarious, weird, bizarre character. And he brings so much to his stories just by virtue of who he is. You know, I almost, in a Sherlock Holmes, I almost don't even care about what's happening. I want to see what Sherlock is doing and how he's acting and what's running through his brain and what he's going to do about it. I feel like we should just go into the classics since you already started talking about two characters. (laughs) Now I'm just talking about my favorites. So I guess, should we start off with the queen herself? (laughs) Yeah, Agatha Christie. I love Agatha Christie. I haven't read any of hers in recent years, 
There are books I would read in India because they're just so cheap there. Like good quick holiday reads. You can uh, never, every time you pick one up, you're never going to be disappointed, at least in my opinion. I know. I mean, I think this also goes back to when we were talking about problematic authors. Like there's definitely some stuff about her where it's <laughs> questionable. Some of her titles have been renamed oh, because they were so racist. Yeah, I know. I know. That's fair. But yeah, I mean, obviously we've mentioned everyone's a little, pro- everyone's a little problematic. <laughs> <laughs> but so I, I, mean, I just really love her books, and I, I've read a lot of them very recently. I actually, for Christmas a couple years ago, I got the entire Agatha Christie collection for Christmas, which was honestly one of the best Christmas gifts I've ever been given, and the gift that keeps on giving because obviously there's still books that I haven't read, and so every time I go back to my parents' place, I pick out a few and I read them, and it's just so much fun. And the reason why I really really like her books is that I think first of all her her characters are super relatable I found her characters the way they spoke the way they acted so relatable I really understood um what they were doing she has such a great grasp on human behavior and the little things that people do and the way people act and it, it's so interesting and that's a huge reason why I love mystery and murder mystery as well is because it's such a lesson into human behavior and the way people act when something unsavory has happened and also I I love a cozy murder I don't know if you also like these but I like murder mysteries that take place and again it's mostly about it's, it's less about the violence of what happened. You know when murders happen, it's not a violent murder or they don't show it. It's not like really, the gore isn't really talked about that much, but it's mostly about the characters surrounding it. And it's about the people themselves. And a lot of the times it takes place in an enclosed space, such as a manor house or something similar. Those are some reasons why I like Agatha Christie. I think she, I genuinely think she's a great author. I was going to say, there's someone who's kind of writing under her name as pen name now, or like reviving Miss Marple. But my mom read one of those books and she just said it was just not good. Um, that this person was trying so hard to be Agatha Christie, but it was just not hitting the mark for her. She was not amused by that. But I, I do want to give a shout out. Like my favorite Agatha Christie book is The Murder of Roger Ackroyd. Yes. I think it's that is mine. a really, really good story. And you find out who it is. I will never forget when I read, it's basically a couple lines when you like start realizing and chills. To our audience, this is one book of hers you have to read. I agree. Um, And it's also, it's slept on because everyone talks about- uh, Death of the Nile, Murder on the Orient Express. Exactly. Like those three are the biggest ones. But honestly, The Murder of Roger Ackroyd. The best one, I think. Exactly. You heard it here. Both of us agree. So I have some other classics that aren't, there aren't like multiple- books like say Agatha Christie but I wanted to give a shout out to a play called An Inspector Calls by J.P. Presley and my mom I think she got this from me just saying she just remembered this one play she read in school Hmm. and then we watched a movie version of it recently and this is something that also would leave you with chills so it's this really wealthy British family mom dad daughter who's engaged with her fiance son and they get a call and it's basically an inspector calls. He's come over and he's like, well, someone's died. And it's like piecing together interviewing family members on their own. And you learn each family member has secrets that they're hiding. Yeah. And without giving spoilers, they all somehow, their lives somehow interacted with this victim. Mm-hmm. 
but I, I won't go to it's very good twists you know and I think that's also what makes a good mystery murder mystery crime thriller it's the twists as well mm-hmm. that you're like oh my goodness or something coming out of left field yeah. um I think it's but, also what you said like it's like all the family members have secrets and it's like you're really delving into the the parts of people that people hide mm-hmm. on the daily basis. And that's why I think it's so interesting. It's a dark side of humanity, if you will. But, you know, it's the, the hidden side of humanity that you don't see, you know, on the surface. Yeah. I love that aspect. I'm also going to mention Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. Love that Rebecca. is not a murder mystery, but is a mystery of sorts. It's a thriller. Yeah, it's um, definitely anyway, a Anyway, a, a gothic thriller. thriller yeah, um, and there is – I mean, is it giving away – there is death in the book. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what I will say is, don't watch the latest Netflix movie. It's not with, you're not. You're gonna be like, why are they so recommending bad. it? Yeah, don't don't do that. Read the original Daphne du Maurier book. It's so good. The it's very haunting, and I think this goes back to what I said about setting up an atmosphere that really it, it's such a haunting atmosphere. It really pulls you in. You can feel it, you know. And that's what I thought was so great about her writing. I think I mentioned this last season. A family friend, she gifted me this book. I think while I was in middle school, mm. I ate this book up. <laughs> it is, I, I, I would love to reread it again. Yeah. Especially after I watched the movie because I just kept thinking, this character was not like this at all. I have no memory of mm. it. And then when I looked up reviews, they were like, yes, the movie messed up some stuff. Yeah. So okay. I knew it. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's another good classic. Continuing the classics, I should mention Sherlock Holmes. One of my favorites. I'm just obsessed with him as a person. I think he's hilarious. Do I want to be like Sherlock Holmes? Maybe. Just like super eccentric, but also bizarrely intelligent and just knows everything. But I think I just I think it's so clever. And again, this is an example of how do you create that murder and how do you create the solution to it? Because I could never. But I think it's so clever of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. And the Sherlock Holmes stories are so fun. They're, you know, they're shorter stories and they're just so fun to whip through. You can't go wrong. I'm a huge fan. And I think it's amazing that, I mean, he created such a strong character. I have a few more classics. Um, It's like a recent find, but it's a classic book and it's called The Sleuth of Baghdad by Lee Child and he was writing these around the 50s I think so they take place in Baghdad during the 1950s which is such an interesting era it's towards the end of British rule in Baghdad I believe they're also like very cozy murder mysteries there's not a lot of violence but there's this sleuth and the stories follow him and his adventures. And it's such an interesting way to see Baghdad in the 50s because I'm not really, I haven't personally read a lot of books that take place in Baghdad, especially around that time period. And it's just a great way to interact with the city because, you know, certain things take place here and there and in the markets. And he's describing the beauty of it, but it's not a story about the city. It's a story about the inspector and the murders, but you just get such a strong feel for what life is like there by virtue of the story that you're reading, which is a huge reason why I like mysteries in general. I need to correct you. It is not Lee Child because Lee Child was born in the 50s. I'm seeing it's by a Charles B. Child. Oh, that's what I meant. Okay, thank you. Charles B. Child. I stand corrected. Thank you, Aisha. So I don't know where Lee Child came from. Is is he like a person? He's also a really well-known author, but like Ah. his books were like from the 90s till now oh were they also mysteries no they're like thrillers crime crime books goodness well i've just gotten my child's children confused (laughs) 
to wrap it up, Nancy Drew, and then parallel to Nancy Drew, the Hardy Boys, because I feel like it was like same vein. I ate these up as a child, especially Nancy Drew. I was obsessed. And then when I ran out of Nancy Drew at the library, that's when I moved on to the Hardy Boys. But it's just these teenagers <laughs> solving crime. I mean, and just what a classic. It was, it was definitely my gateway drug into mystery, probably. All right. Well, now for the modern mysteries. Do you want to start with one we've both read? Yes. So we both read The Silent Patient by Alex Michalides. And I mean, did you? we both really liked it. I assume you really liked I, it. Yeah, I liked yeah. it. It's an incredibly it's, popular book. I think it's one of those where, again, you don't expect it. But I'll be honest, I think by the end, when you get to the reveal... There's only so many options you really were left with. Yeah. It did I give think. me chills though. Like when you, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember yeah. that was one that gave me. I was like, oh, but that was a great one. I think that was his debut, which is so crazy. Cause I mean, this book was topping the charts, super popular for obvious reasons, as we both said. So that was fun. Did you read his second book? I haven't read it yet. So I think I mentioned it at one point because it was one of my current reads, but I read his second book called The Maidens and it has, it's such a good premise. You know, there's a murder that takes place, cozy, dark academia vibes, but I thought that the plot wasn't as strong or maybe I just wasn't feeling it. I'm not really sure, but I just personally thought the plot wasn't as strong. I thought that it was a little predictable and that when he was trying to, you know, how you try to put in scenarios or characters that mislead the reader I thought that those were too obvious as well so it was okay I mean it was still fun dark academia vibes but I don't think it was as good as his first book personally why don't you go ahead with some some more of your favorite? Uh, yeah I'm pretty honest guys I have a lot some I'll go into some I won't because I've already talked about them but also I will divert you to check out my bookstagram pride and patronus because <laughs> there's already reviews on there or there will be reviews coming just for more info on it, but also one can look up the synopsis on Google if one is very interested. Okay, I think I mentioned this last episode, Thursday Murder Club. I thought it was super cute. Just a bunch of folks in a retirement community trying to solve a murder. It's like cozy murder vibes. Also set in England. A sequel came out, I think, beginning this year, last year. Um, Was it The Man Who Died Twice? So read the first one before you go to the second one. I mentioned The Appeal, also set in the UK. I would love if this book was basically like a textbook that's interactive because I kid you not, I wanted to highlight things because the premise of this book is that you're not like reading narrative in a traditional sense. You're going through evidence. So it's text messages, emails, flyers, notes and whatnot and i just wish it was in a journal form of thing that could flip back and forth and i actually made my own martyr board for this (laughs) my dad has this huge whiteboard i brought it down got different colors of whiteboard markers and was like writing down like suspicious stuff Uh and then making arrows to another character and be like oh does this thing mean they have a connection did they do something so you're basically solving it with these students Mm -hmm. but highly recommend that were you did you come I to actually no oh. I didn't and and that's the thing I I think it's because it was the way it was written it was harder to pick up on some of the stuff where and I, I think so as well and I feel like the authors sometimes sometimes it's not great when they do this 
sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but they'll pull out something from somewhere you could have never known. Left field, right? yeah. Yeah, and so you're like, oh, okay, great. Well, I could have never figured that out without because knowing this information. There were, there were things where you knew people were being so suspicious and you're just thinking, I know you're up to something. Right, yeah. And so part of those things were right, but some of it, I mean, I think there's a difference when you see something on screen. You could pick up someone's eye contact, their, yeah. their facial expressions, mm. but in a book, Sometimes you're getting that description, oh, well, he narrowed his eyes. But when you're just reading evidence, you're not picking up. Not it's harder to pick up on those mannerisms. Right. And that's why books translate so well into you mm-hmm. know film shows and movies, which so many prominent book series have been made mm-hmm. into TV series. And yeah. But recommend that. How to Kill Your Best Friend. Mentioned that last episode. Mm-hmm. This is more of a crime thriller. That sounds um, really interesting. I mean, the title just stands out. In itself, you know, so... (laughs) Should I be scared? (laughs) Some other ones I have not mentioned before. The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. I think that's such a... I think that could become a classic 20 years from now. Basically, this boy with Asperger's, Asperger's Syndrome, his dog died. And he is trying to solve what happened to his dog. Not your typical murder mystery, but a murder has happened. Mm. So... I I love uh, non-typical murder mysteries, to be mm -hmm. honest. And I'll be talking about... A few. The Firm by John Grisham, another crime thriller. I think it might be the only one I ha- of his I have read. I know there's some others that are yeah, I've just as good. I've read John Grisham, to be honest. I mean, he's such a prolific author. Next one. So He Said, She Said by Erin Kelly. I just remember thinking this had such a good twist. Mm-hmm. So basically, this couple go to a festival. Oh my God, another book set in, in the UK. I think, if anything, The Firm is set in the U.S. Um, but yeah, he said, she said, this couple go to a fest- music festival, but the female partner, she happens to see something, but she's just like not sure if her eyes are messing with her or not. Mm. Um, That's like a so, classic like thriller hook. Like, oh, she saw something, but she's not sure. Well, or- so this is where like the tile comes in. It's like, he said, she said, where like it's one person's word against another's. During this time at the festival, they befriend someone, but it's playing in with what she saw. It's just such an unraveling of what actually happened okay. at this festival. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, it really plays with your mind with, again, how a story is being told mm-hmm. and how there's always multiple sides to a story. Yeah. I just thought it was just different. Jillian Flynn. So she's written Gone Girl, which I think Classic a lot of people know about. I didn't like Gone Girl. I didn't like any of the characters. They're all annoying. Yeah, well, that, I, I, think, I don't think any of the characters were meant to be likable, to be fair. I, I don't. Because I didn't find any of them likable either. But it's, like, it's more like I the just, story itself is I don't thrilling. think it was. I don't think it was good. Hmm. And I, her other two ones that are Dark Places and Sharp Objects, to me, those were better stories. Uh, they were fair, a lot more it. alluring. I, I would I would recommend them like sharp objects I and all of them have actually been put on screen sharp objects I watched that miniseries on Hulu with a roommate and it was still just as Ooh, gripping as okay. the book mm-hmm. and I remember dark places also gone girl yeah has that twist right but these two other books the twist was really like what the fuck oh um so I recommend those two. Okay. and I think I'll end with before I go to sleep by S.J. Watson. Christine wakes up every morning in an unfamiliar bed, unfamiliar man, and she just basically doesn't recognize herself, her life, 
And so she's, this man says he's her husband and is trying to help her um, remember stuff. And like she was in an accident two decades ago and she just can't form new memories or like mm-hmm. they just basically go every night. But as she's trying to reconstruct it, you know, she's like finding different things at home. Yeah, like it's wrong. kind of like she's getting a reminder of what happened. Yeah. And I feel like I've happened to read a lot of stories with a similar thing. Someone's lost their memory, mm-hmm. trying to piece stuff together. It's not a, yeah, it get at all unique, yeah. but it was still good yeah. at the time. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. It's such an interesting premise and there is so many things you can do with it, but it is, yeah, it's not like a completely unique idea. I do feel like what's interesting, and you'll see it when I talk about my books, I feel like you like more crimey, thrillery <laughs> books and I'm a big scaredy cat, which is why I keep mentioning the cozy mystery because I know it's odd to think, oh, like how can a murder mystery be cozy? But as I've, I've mentioned a little bit, it's just, it's the kind of coziness where you can just sit up in a couch and you know, nothing's wrong. There's no scariness <laughs> and you just... That's that's what I like of the more modern ones. One of the ones that made the biggest impression on me is called Three Bags Full by Leonie Swan. <laughs> and this book is incredible. It's written in the perspective of sheep and their shepherd has been murdered. <laughs> so they're trying to find out who murdered the shepherd. And it's just so funny because it's sheep, but you read it and you like, you forget their sheep. Because they're, they're obviously like, you know, kind of conversing like humans, but then they'll just do things that are really sheep. Like there's like a few sheep that are really stupid because <laughs> they're sheep. <laughs> Sorry, it's, just, it's so funny. Honestly, you guys, it's just, it's such a unique story and it's really well done. Like it is still like an interesting mystery at the end of the day, but I just think it's hilarious that these sheep are trying to figure out who murdered their shepherd. The author, I think, did a really good job in portraying the sheep as sheep, but also as beings with intelligent thought at the same time. So highly recommend that. Another really unique murder mystery that I recently read is The Big Over Easy by Jasper Ford, who is a fascinating author himself. And I think he's really great. Basically, some of the main characters, the two investigators are from the nursery rhyme division of the police. And the person murdered was Humpty Dumpty. So you just have this funny cast of characters who are all named after, or they're not named after, they are the people from nursery rhymes. So you have this play on, if you know your nursery rhymes well, you kind of know who the shady characters are and who who the, like, the innocent people are. And it just it's just such a funny story that mixes nursery rhymes, which are stories of their own with a whole different, so different worlds, I guess, which I found really interesting. There is a series that I recently read called The Vanishing Staircase, and it's a murder mystery series and it's YA actually and it's a trilogy and I don't know what made me want to pick this up but it's basically the epitome of a cozy murder because it takes place on a boarding school campus and the murder that happened in the past and then there's one that happened there's a few that start happening in current day and you know things start converging I thought the whole idea of like it taking place on campus was so interesting and the characters are so great. You have these really interesting kids. A huge part of the story is about the main character and her, you know, going to boarding school for the first time and coming, getting to grips with that, which is fun to read about in and of itself. So I really enjoyed that. And then finally, I want to mention Anthony Horowitz. I've read a lot of his books, but he's also started doing murder mysteries because I used to read his YA fantasy type of books but anyways the magpie murders are really well known and he's also a good shout 
for a murder mystery. That said, let's get into why we love murder mysteries so much. Yes, I've had this conversation with like other people in terms of watching crime shows. So I think it can be applied to TV shows and books. They're both telling a story. It's just in a different format. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give my, my response is my personal reason and then stuff I've read up online. But I think it's just we as humans like to solve things. And I think it just gives us that opportunity to do it but not being actually involved like not being an actual police detective but I could do it from the comfort of my own home in a cozy atmosphere you know but I'm not doing it but I guess in terms of like solving stuff I think we just like to fix things we like to there's always something as humans that we're like we have to fix we have to change this I mean I definitely agree I feel like there can be that I feel like I don't have that though with me like I don't necessarily want to fix it myself um but like it's a puzzle for you to solve yeah it's a, it's a right? puzzle it's just nice to for your brain to yeah. be working in that way and going back to what you said about solving a mystery for the comfort of your home it is nice to be able to have that sense of thrill mm-hmm. but not actually be in any danger or exactly you know have to worry about any any real drama yeah I, th- I think it's part part that and then I mentioned this earlier when you were talking about atmosphere and I said good storytelling I think that's the other portion where you've got a good storyteller that's providing you tension and intrigue and, you yeah. just, and I think what it is is you just want to know what happened right yeah. that's the whole thing with a puzzle that you want to solve it and so I think it's all of those things grouped together and so I was actually talking about this with a friend yesterday earlier this week to our audience I was telling Julia how I'm re-watching Bones and she was just saying don't want to don't talk to me about that don't talk to me about criminal minds but these are shows I love re-watching yeah they're creepy but they like taught me, they're very educational. They've taught me a lot about safety. I agree with you. I just think it's so funny because I'm just, I'm too scared. You're, 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 you're the different, but it's like my friend validated me yesterday. Yeah. She's like, no, exactly. Yeah. Where I was referencing one specific episode, like something that happens and she knew immediately what I was saying because <laughs> it just made me a lot more hypervigilant that when I go out, okay. if someone's walking by and I'm creeped out, the music is yeah. going to be muted. Yeah. Headphones are going to stay yeah. in, but I'm paying attention and I think books that save lives, people. Well, I, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna say books. It's stories. I okay. think it's more oh, books, yeah. like stories, people, sure. because it's stories in the form of a book, of a TV mm-hmm. show, or movie, or podcasts, right? Mm-hmm. Like our own. People are doing true crime podcasts, so I think these stories are very educational, for lack of better mm-hmm. words, to people. And I just really like that. That yeah. I. I'm yeah, learning absolutely. more about what people could just, be doing and how I can protect myself and others. Yes. And that's, you know, books in general. I mean, I don't know about you. I mean, well, I knew, I do know about you. We're both only children. <laughs> and I think one thing I've always found fascinating about all books is it's ju- it just gave me another way to observe people. And like, yes, they're not real, but real people are writing about things that they know. And so, yeah, they're real to an extent. And it's just a great way to see and understand how people act and interact with each other I sound like I just grew up under a rock by myself but you you know what I mean it's just I always found that so intriguing you know what maybe there's two types of people and I'm one type and you're the other type I mean I think like yes and but I think there is overlap it's the insight into humanity that I find the most alluring and that's why I've mentioned good characters really make 
these books for me. Oh, and then also, especially, you know, when I was talking about the Sleuth of Baghdad, I think it's such a great way to get a feel for the place, whether it's Baghdad or the English countryside or honestly, mostly the English. <laughs> I feel like all the stories we talked about take place in the UK, but you know, wherever in the world it is, it just gives such a great backdrop to the story because, you know, whether they're running around the streets or hiding in buildings or having to talk to different people on the street, you know, you're really interacting with a geographical or historical setting. Uh, and that's another reason why I love Agatha Christie because all her books take place during a certain time period that she's writing in. Whenever I read them, I'm just pulled back to that time and she does it so well. And it's just so interesting. It's all the little tidbits. And then to her, it was every day, but to me, it's something so different. And again, just coziness. I just really, I don't know how else to say Aisha shaking her head, but yeah, Aisha reads it for like the thrill and I read it for the coziness. It's different. <laughs> and that, I, that, that, that's what I'm at. Like to yeah. think of it of a Venn diagram and like yeah. we have things where exactly, we overlap exactly. in the middle, but we have things where it's exactly. like, yeah, I do, I do do it for the thrill. I like that. Like yeah. that my heart is like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. But you're just like, my vibe is like, you're in a manor house, it's fall, it's raining, but you're in a cozy library. With a fireplace crackling, yeah. Yeah, and then like a murder is just taking place. <laughs> no, I don't mean like that. I meant like vibes of like how you are as a reader. Oh, okay, yes. Well, same thing, except remove the murder. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, you're the one who just said oh. you're a scaredy cat. I don't think you want okay, yeah. to be there. Exactly. I, yeah, exactly. So I, and that's why I actually don't read too many super super duper thrillers it even okay the silent patient was honestly hard for me like I loved it but I was so scared I think this episode is just really showing what a scaredy cat I am but that said I do still read a lot of murder mysteries and you know my mom she's like why would you read this it's very scary or whatever it's not the most pleasant perhaps thing to read about but I'm like the point is not the murder it's the story around it and it's the people and the place and why is it cozy? I'm still, I'm honestly trying to get my head around it because it's just the feeling. You've heard about it, right? Like the cozy, am I like crazy? You, you right? The coziness of murder mysteries? I, I get it. I think it's just because you've said cozy so much <laughs> this episode. Guys, we should take a bet. How many times did Julia say cozy? God, turn it into a drinking game. Drink every time I say cozy. I'm sorry. I think what it is, is just that you get that bit of thrill but yeah. it's you're still comfortable like your your heart rate is not like going up down up down where yeah. like you're there's still that intrigue but i think for you you're you're more focused as you said the psychological aspect of mm-hmm. it and i don't think that necessarily always leads to thrill it's more like nuances like with the characters exactly. right yeah, yeah. but like, i don't it for that and so i think i think that's it, it doesn't cor- mean cozy but i think it has to do with how your mindset is Mm. With when you're reading where you yeah. feel com- you're in a place of comfort yeah exactly right? very comforting and it, it's because you also know this is how the story is going to go there's going to be a murder then they're going to go about and fi- figure it out and then they're going to solve it and it's very formulaic in a way while also at the same time you don't really know how it's going to happen or what's going on and again I think it does have something to do like I'm telling you my favorite types are the closed door whodunit when the people are trapped in a house or trapped, preferably a manor house, and just something about it's this like really plush setting and you got all these bizarre characters. It's just such an interesting backdrop for murder because you just don't expect it. But I'm trying to be like, what makes it cozy? 
I can't with that word anymore. I'm getting so hurt with it. <laughs> I, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. I'm like, <laughs> I need to blacklist this. I'm going to mute this on Twitter. I don't want to see it anywhere. I'm just going to say, we're, we're going to start wrapping it up. I just wanted to shout out the mysterious bookstore in New York City, just because it's, I mean, it's the perfect bookstore for mystery and thriller lovers because they only supply mystery and thriller and they do secondhand like classics but also new current books as well and they've got floor-to-ceiling books it's just such a cozy space (laughs) sorry I had to I had to (laughs) it's such a beautiful bookish spot I think any book lover would love to go in there it's it's also a unique it's only mysteries and that's where I found the the Sleuth of Baghdad so yeah if you're also a big mystery lover like us and you live in New York City I would highly recommend going to the mysterious bookshop located down in Tribeca but yeah we're gonna wrap this episode up but to our audience please share some of your favorite mysteries murder mysteries crime thrillers yeah why do you like them as we've already mentioned we we love them so yeah why not add more to our pile to read Thanks for listening in and continuing on this bookish journey with us. Yes, and thank you for bearing with all the coziness in this episode. Bye, everyone. We want to thank you for joining us today and hope that you'll continue on this bookish journey with us. Don't forget to rate and follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.